Welcome to the HR Buzz, the HR podcast for you. This podcast is for anyone who takes an interest in human development, culture, work life, and wants a nuanced impression of current subjects and challenges within the HR space. The notorious GDPR has existed for a few years now, but what do we really know about it? Join us in testing our privacy skills and busting some myths about GDPR. Today's podcast guest is Marlene Gustafsson, our legal director here at Talentech. My name is Sophie Jäger and my co-host is Imran Afsal. Hi, Marlene. Hi. Welcome to the HR Bus. Thank you. It's very exciting. It's so exciting for us too. And also it's our first English one. It is. So Marlene, do you have any idea about why you're invited today? Well, I guess it's because you think that the GDPR is the best thing in the world and you want to hear all about it. I can't imagine any other reason. <laughs> it's true. And also because you have this very special gift of being able to take something that's like really complicated and also a little boring sometimes and make it really exciting. Well, thank you, Sophie. I hope I will live up to that standard <laughs> today. I know you will. So Malin, why GDPR? Why GDPR? Well, I'm a lawyer and I'm actually one of those, uh, I guess, then boring lawyers <laughs> who think that the GDPR is quite interesting. So I'm working with the GDPR and other legal uh, questions uh, in uh, Talent Tech as legal director, where I'm head of our uh, department for legal and compliance. And I know we've been in contact a while now. Every time I need some help, you're always there. I'm really happy about that. So let's dig into the GDPR. Everybody has heard about it, everybody knows a bit about it, and everybody's a little scared of it, including myself. Can you give us an elevator pitch about the GDPR? Well, sure. Uh, the GDPR is, of course, an EU regulation on personal data, but it's actually really so much more than that. The GDPR states a fundamental human right, namely the right to your personal data and the right for you to decide on your per personal data and the right for you to know what happens, who uses your personal data. So this is just as important as uh, other fundamental human rights, such as the right to work or the freedom of expression. And uh, your personal data is, of course, anything that is related to you as a person, such as your name, your address, a picture of you, etc. So it's really about protecting you and protecting your personal data as part of a fundamental human right. It's really interesting, Malin, because I work in marketing, obviously, so I've heard of GDPR. But for me, it's uh, always been kind of just a set of rules or regulations that we have to live up to as a company. I've never thought of it as a, a, a human right, as, as you mentioned here. So, uh, and I think a lot of people are out there like me who, uh, who see GDPR as this complicated set of rules that we have to navigate in and, and figure out how we live up to them. And, and then you get big fines if you don't live up to them, right? Of course you do, yeah. <laughs> but I was just wondering if, if you can just break it down for us, you know, like uh, what are the, like the top three requirements of GDPR and why should they matter to someone like me? Why should they matter to someone like you? Yeah. That's an interesting question. Sure. Uh, top three requirements. Well, first of all, I think the most important one is the right to information. Uh, whenever someone is using your personal data, you have the right to information about why they are using it and how they are using it. And this is, of course, demonstrated through the millions of privacy policies that you see in websites and apps and systems. And I get that that can feel a bit tiresome to just 
just see them everywhere, but it's actually part, a really important part of the GDPR to ensure that you know why someone is using your personal data and what purposes they are not using it for, meaning that there are some things that we don't want them to use it for, right? Um, so that's the first one, I think. Uh, it's really important. And then one, the other one is something that is uh, quite a buzzy around the GDPR, which is consent. I bet you've heard of it. And mm -hmm. seen a lot. Yes. <laughs> seen it a lot. Also a lot of tick boxes, mm -hmm. et cetera, and websites. Yeah. Uh, the consent is used for whenever someone wants to process your sensitive personal data. And sensitive personal data is, is data around, for example, your health or religion or sexual orientation, et cetera. Uh, and it's also, as you mentioned, uh, marketing, Imran, it's also used for whenever someone wants to send you direct marketing, such as newsletters or other marketing material. So the consent is really, it's really the golden ticket <laughs> to your right to decide the destination of your personal data, if you, if you can say that. And it's, uh, the important thing about the consent is that it has to be given freely, but you can also always take it back. So you can withdraw your consent. So even though I stated yesterday that I want to receive your fantastic marketing material, Imran, I can change my mind today. Mm. So that's the um, important thing and the golden thing with a consent. Right. And I think the third one is uh, also a quite famous one, the right to erasure, meaning having your data deleted. Uh, this is, of course, really important uh, and you can use it whenever you want to. This uh, one of the popular usages is <laughs> when you want to delete something that comes up in a Google search that you might not want to show, then you can ask Google to delete it. And it's, that's why it's also referred to as the right to be forgotten. That's good to know. I might make use of that, actually, now that I think about it. But <laughs> Please do. <laughs> but anyway, since uh, this is an HR podcast, Amalin, uh, what about GDPR when it comes to HR? Is there anything in particular that we should be aware of regarding personal data in, for example, recruitment and employment? Sure, there are a few things related to what I just stated. Information is, of course, of the essence to ensure that your candidates and employees, onboardees throughout the full talent uh, journey, that they know what kind of personal data you are using and for what purposes. Uh, and then again, when it comes to consent, uh, this is something that many employers use consent today for their recruitment process that the candidates have to consent to uh, the personal data that they are giving into their applications. But this is actually something that the many European and also in the Nordics, uh, the data protection authorities are moving away from. They are recommending uh, HR companies or companies uh, throughout not to use consent, but to use another legal basis instead. So this is something that, of course, Every single company has to, an organization has to make this assessment for themselves. But it's really uh, interesting for me to see that this is something that has shifted just the last few years, that a consent isn't always uh, given. And then last but not least, uh, the most important part that I know a lot of companies struggle a bit with, and this is deleting the data when you no longer need it, to just make sure that you delete it uh, when the recruitment process is done or when the employee quits or whenever, whatever. But this is something I know that a lot of companies have some improvement potential in. So that's my, uh, that's my final advice. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you so much for again enlightening us about the GDPR. Um, now I'm a little bit nervous because I know that you have prepared something for us, right? Yes, I thought it would be oh no. a fun thing <laughs> to shift the tables a bit and have me asking you questions instead of the other way around. Are you ready for that, Iman? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> you come in here and take over our podcast, but uh, I'm all up for that. Let's do it. Super. So what I prepared is a small GDPR test for you guys. Um, but don't worry, I'll give you some options and I hope the listeners can join in as well to see. Um, are you ready for your first question? Yes. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Okay. Which of the following is your personal data? Is it A, your name, B, your email address, or and or C, the license number plate on your car? Should I go first, Iman? Yes, you take this one. Actually, I don't know this, but my guess would probably be my name. Your name is correct. Anything else? That can that can identify you as a person, as a specific person. Now you're leading me towards answer B, my email address. Sure, I'm guessing your email address is something like sophie.yogurt at talentech.com. So yes, yes. It's, it's true, it's true, yes. Okay, when it comes to the license number plate on your car, is it somewhere registered that you're the owner to that car? Yes, it actually is, yes. Yes, yes. it is. So the answer is all of the above. All of them are your personal data. I'm a bit surprised over the license uh, number plate, yeah, actually. Sure. I did not see that coming. Actually. No. <laughs> and that's actually any uh, types of, uh, let's say, uh, indirect data is also your personal data. This also counts for your IP address when you visit a website no. because your IP address is unique and it can be used to identify you. Super. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. And in this one, I have a few scenarios for you where I'd like you to pick the one where sensitive data, special categories of personal data, as I men mentioned earlier, is not used. Okay. So where it's not used. Okay. Scenario A, you wake up on Monday morning with a fever and a sore throat. You realize that you can't go to work like this. So you email your boss and tell her that you're sick and that you're not coming in today. So that's scenario A. Scenario B, you've found your dream job and you hurry up to apply for it. In the application process, you are asked to type in your national identification number, which you do. You send in the application and start the long wait by the phone in hopes of getting an interview. Or scenario C, you're hosting a customer event where you will show your customers a preview of the new product launched, launch plan for 2022. The customers are really eager to attend and the participant list is soon filled up. For the event, you have ordered some food and drinks to ensure that the blood sugar of the customers keep them positive to the new product. And therefore, you've asked for everyone's allergies and food preferences. Which one of these is not using sensitive personal data, Imran? Mm, that's a tough one. I think... I would go with option B. Option B, national identification number. Yeah. Why? Because it's not, even though it's identifiable information, it's not sensitive because it has nothing to do with my health or sexual orientation or 
Am I on the right track? You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really great. This is one common misconception that people think that the national identification number is sensitive data, but it's not. It's protected otherwise in national legislation in different countries, but it's not sensitive personal data. Right. Great, Imran. It was a tough one. I was a little bit in doubt. <laughs> Super, you did it. Okay, here's a hopefully simple yes or no question for you guys. All right. Does the GDPR cover private use of personal data? For example, when you text a friend or post a story on your social media? Yes. Imran, do you want to try? Well, I'll say no, just to be on the other side of the <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were smart to do so, because the answer is no. I'm sorry, Sophie. <laughs> Damn it. The GDPR is applicable to organizations and companies' use of personal data. So you don't have a col to collect a consent to post your friend on a story on Instagram, even though it's a late night and even though she's drunk. So, <laughs> the answer is no. But maybe we should get that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should. That's related to the Google search uh, thing yeah. <laughs> later on. Yeah, I, maybe I knew that. I just wanted to have some... That both yeah, yes of or no. course. I can always uh, get any... I'm coming with excuses yeah. now. <laughs> we were hoping that it would be like that. Yes, <laughs> of course. Okay, here's the last one, guys. In this scenario, you're an HR manager recruiting for your company. And what you're looking for is a talented developer. This time, you're really lucky. You get a lot of applicants and find the right candidate in no time. When she signed the contract, you send out the celebration email to the whole company, including an introduction of the new employee and information about her role. So my question is, is this personal data processing at all covered by the GDPR? Does the GDPR rules apply to it? Or doesn't it involve the GDPR since it's the only internal information and the person is now your employee, she signed the contract? What do you think? It's uh, it's Imran who will answer this <laughs> question. <laughs> That's a nice one, Sophie. The Imran, the, <laughs> the floor is yours. Well, I'm going to say no, that it's not personal data processing that is covered by GDPR. Because? Because now we have a employee-employer relationship. Is I'm the, let's say I'm the HR manager. Do I yeah. work for an organization or a company? Yes. 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 Uh, is organization and company's personal data processing covered by the GDPR? I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. I should have just said no. And let me explain why yeah. it's not correct. But no, I no, want to be the bad uh, guy here yeah, and just lead good. you yeah. into it. Please inform That's us, Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> the points stick much better this way. So <laughs> That's, That's super. <laughs> so yeah, the answer is, of course, that even though it's your employee and even though it's internal information, it's still covered by the GDPR. Mm. That it's covered by the GDPR doesn't automatically mean consent, etc. You can basically on other legal basis but it's covered by the GDPR. It's not private use of the employee's personal right. data. Okay. So, super. Thank you guys for letting me uh, take your role. <laughs> I'm <laughs> guessing you're quite <laughs> eager in getting it back to you uh, asking the <laughs> questions and me answering them. Yeah, thanks Thanks for the testing, Marlin. Uh, we've uh, both become wiser, I think, and it's not every day that uh, we get to uh, give the reins to our guests and uh, and let them take over the podcast, but this was a, a pleasure. So I appreciate that, uh, even though it was a little bit nerve-wracking. 
but uh, let's get a little bit back to normal. So uh, where we ask the questions, um, if that's okay with you, Malin. I'll let you do uh, it for this time. <laughs> <laughs> as we discussed in the beginning, you know, GDPR is perceived as a little bit scary and complicated. Um, and I can imagine that there's a lot of misunderstandings around it. So you're therefore now going to help us bust some myths about GDPR. Oh, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, if you're up for it, then uh, we will throw ourselves into some myths and then you can say if it's true or not true. Yeah. Super. Do you want to start, Sophie? Or, uh, I, can, I can do the first one. Yeah. All right. Okay, Marlin, here's myth number one. If a company uses my personal data, um, do I have the right to, to demand them to delete it at all? Well, the answer to this one, and this is a very common misunderstanding. Uh, yes, you have the right, Sophie, to demand that they delete the, it all. Do they have to delete it all? No. Okay. If they have another legal basis for to process it, they can keep it. This is, for example, the case in, uh, let's say it's uh, in an, a recruitment process. I've sent in an application. I'm a candidate. I've sent in an application and now I got another job, so I want to withdraw my application. The company can then state that, well, you can delete this and this and this of the data, but we want to keep some information in order for us to be able to, for example, defend ourselves against a discrimination case that could come up in a year then the company can keep the data of mine that they need to be able to defend themselves. And that's, of course, an internal assessment. So the simple answer is, yeah, you can always demand it, but the companies doesn't always, don't always have to delete all of it. And this, of course, applies to other laws and regulations as well, such as uh, bookkeeping laws, etc. So there are a lot of, actually a lot of uh, situations where the companies can keep your personal data. Okay. Thank you for enlightening us on, on this. Yeah, because I think, uh, you know, whether you're uh, the person whose data is being processed or you are the company, you might be a little bit doubted about this because I didn't know that there was this discrepancy, uh, at least. So good to know. Myth number two, it's not allowed to send personal data in emails. <laughs> well, I love this one, actually, because this is a question that I get asked a lot. And do you know the most common way people ask me this? By sending me an email asking <laughs> about, about it. And is it even possible to send me an email without using my personal data? Well, of course, it's not, because my email address, as we discussed earlier, Sophie, is usually first name dot last name at company. So, uh, of course, it is allowed to process personal data or use personal data in emails. However, if you want to send information about sensitive personal data or confidential data, you can you should use some other form of communication or send a file with a password protection on it, etc. But of course, yes, as an overall rule, it's okay to use people's personal data, such as names, etc in emails it makes sense when you say it that way <laughs> <laughs> all right myth number three i have to say this is actually one that i i've been uh, i've been thinking about myself because we do a lot of user seminars for our customers and is it uh, okay for us to to share the participant list uh, in the seminar or at the event event uh, due to gdpr this is also a very common question so i'm glad you brought it up sophie thank you yes it is and the keyword here is information. Okay. If I'm a participant 
And you, in your lovely privacy policy or, or elsewhere, state that, Hi Malin, I will use your personal data and share it with the other participants in this seminar. Then of course it's okay. Then you've told me I know the purpose of it. You should also tell me tell me for how long you will keep it, etc. But yes, the keyword is information. So it is possible to share participants list in events and seminars, etc. If you inform people about it. And of course then I can opt out and say, well I don't want you to share my name. And then you don't. Unless again you have another lawful basis for it. But in terms of participant lists, you wouldn't. So yeah, the answer is actually yes. We are getting so much clever on the GDPR, right, Iman? For every myth that we bust, <laughs> we get a little bit more uh, wiser. Uh, all right, myth number four, Malin. The GDPR has rules for how long personal data can be stored. The answer is no. That's What? actually surprising to me. I know a lot of people get surprised by this one, but no, the GDPR states that you have to define the time that you will keep the personal data and inform about it. You, it doesn't cover anything about how long or different types of data and times, etc. Then there are, of course, some national practices in terms of how long you can store, for example, candidate data or employee data, etc. But the GDPR is a regulation. Nope doesn't contain it. I think this is actually a, a common misunderstanding about GDPR. And to be honest, I've been working with the HR for a while now and also with GDPR. And this one I actually was was pretty sure was uh, was like rules within GDPR and not like national practices. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not you're not alone in this, guys. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no embarrassment. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to go to myth number five? Sure. We always have to get a consent from candidates in the recruitment process. Well, I've been uh, discussing this a bit earlier and the answer is no. Uh, yeah. And this is again, as I stated before, uh, when the GDPR came in 2018, a consent was used all the time, overused almost. But now a lot of the European and Nordic data protection uh, authorities have come up with recommendations and guidelines that you might not use consent when it comes to candidates and even employees. And this is because, as I stated before, a, cons a consent has to be freely given. And there's a quite a power imbalance in a recruitment and an employment uh, process. So that's why you could consider using another legal basis. You could use consent as well if that's your assessment, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a consent. Okay. One more myth busted then. Yeah, that's yeah. good. We're getting uh, so much clever, <laughs> more clever regarding <laughs> GPR. And I think uh, Iman, you have the last yeah, myth, Yeah, let's do right? one more, right? Myth yeah, number six. We can't have a birthday list or celebrate birthdays in the office because of GDPR. Well, for someone who loves birthdays as much as I do, I'm so happy to be able to say, of course you can. <laughs> Again, as with the participant list, it's about information. If you inform everyone that uh, you will share their birthdays in the purpose of celebrating them, it's of course okay. And then the people who don't want to be on that list can opt out of it. So. Yes, you can keep on celebrating birthdays at the office. Nice. I'm so happy to hear that. And <laughs> wow, this was so interesting. Yeah. So uh, again, Marlin, you 
You succeeded in with going and getting something a little bit difficult and complex into something real simple and easy to understand. So thank you so much for for joining us. It was great to to hear so much about GDPR and also to see all these uh, myths get busted. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And thank you to all our listeners. Please share with us how you did in the testing. We would love to hear if you did better or worse than us. And uh, also, um, thank you for listening. Have a great day. You've been listening to the HR Buzz, your HR podcast.